Good morning and good evening. Welcome to the C-Limited fourth quarter and full year 2020 results conference call. All participants will be in a listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Ms. Minju Song. Please go ahead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CES 2020 fourth quarter and full year earnings conference call. I am Minju Song from CES Group Chief Corporate Officer's Office. Before we continue, I would like to remind you that we may make forward-looking statements which are inherently subject to risks and uncertainties and may not be realized in the future for various reasons as stated in our press release. Also, this call includes the discussion of certain non-GAAP financial measures such as adjusted EBITDA and net loss excluding share-based compensation and changes in fair value of the 2017 convertible notes. We believe these measures can enhance our investors' understanding of the actual cash flows of our major businesses when used as a complement to our GAAP disclosures. For a discussion of the use of non-GAAP financial measures and reconciliation with the closest GAAP measures, please refer to the section on non-GAAP financial measures in our press release. I have here with me C's Chairman and Group Chief Executive Officer, Horace Lee, Group Chief Financial Officer, Tony Ho, and Group Chief Corporate Officer, Andrew Wang. Our management will share strategy and business updates, operating highlights, and financial performance for the fourth quarter and for the full year of 2020. This will be followed by a Q&A session in which we welcome any questions you have. With that, let me turn the call over to Forrest. Thank you, Mingzhu. Hello, everyone, and thank you, as always, for joining today's call. 2020 was a landmark year for C. Our teams, users, and communities all faced unprecedented challenges as a result of the pandemic. This further reinforced the importance of our mission to empower the consumers and the small businesses in our communities with technology. We adapted rapidly to enable our users and communities to meet the unique challenges of the last year, while also successfully addressing the fast-growing and fast-evolving demand from our users for these products and services. For example, we quickly scaled up home and living and grocery offerings on the Shopee platform, rolled out seller support programs to help local merchants to get back on their feet faster, accelerated our digital payment service offerings, and shifted major esports events online, each with highly successful results. The lockdown and the social distancing measures to curb the pandemic have materially accelerated the digitalization of our economies, and we expect the effects to be long-lasting. During this time, our team has demonstrated their resilience, adaptability, and strong execution. We believe these capabilities position us very well to capture and drive the significant growth opportunities ahead as a strong market leader. Our results for the fourth quarter and for the full year of 2020 speak to the success of our approach. On the group level, in the fourth quarter, we recorded accelerated year-on-year -year growth in gap revenue compared to the previous quarter. It reached $1.6 billion, up 102% year-on-year. We also recorded 102% year-on-year growth in our fourth quarter gross profit to reach $533.7 million. Our fourth quarter adjusted EBITDA was $48.7 million compared to an adjusted EBITDA loss of $104.9 million a year ago. The strong fourth quarter results contributed to an outstanding set of results for the full year of 2020. Gap revenue for the full year more than doubled compared to that of 2019 to reach $4.4 billion. Gross profit grew 123% year-on-year to reach $1.3 billion. We also achieved a positive adjusted EBITDA 
of $107 million for the full year, compared to a loss of $178.6 million for 2019. This was supported by the strong performance across our digital entertainment and e-commerce businesses. For the full year, Garena achieved bookings of $3.2 billion, and Shopee achieved gap revenue plus sales incentives net off of $2.5 billion. Both businesses exceeded our recently raised full-year guidance for 2020. Let me now discuss each business individually, starting with digital entertainment. Garena's outstanding performance in the previous quarter continued in the fourth quarter, as we recorded bookings of $1 billion, up 111% year-on-year. Adjusted EBITDA in the fourth quarter was $663.5 million, up 149% year-on-year, representing 66% of bookings. For the full year, we generated bookings of $3.2 billion, increasing by 80% year-on-year. Garena's adjusted EBITDA increased by 94% year-on-year to reach $2 billion, representing 62% of bookings. The strong financial performance in the fourth quarter and the full year was a result of our ability to continually expand our user and paying user base. Every quarter, more gamers globally engaged with our in-game content and esports activities. In the fourth quarter, quarterly active users reached 610.6 million, an increase of 72% year-on-year. Quarterly paying users hit $73.1 million, million, up 120% year-on-year. Our paying user ratio measured as quarterly paying users as a percentage of quarterly active users continued to grow in the fourth quarter to reach 12%. Free Fire was once again a key driver of Garena's outperformance. According to FNE, it continued to be the highest grossing mobile game in Latin America and Southeast Asia in the fourth quarter, as well as the full year of 2020. It has maintained this top ranking for six consecutive quarters. The strong performance was also evident in India, where Free Fire was the highest grossing mobile game for the fourth quarter and for the full year of 2020 based on FNE. We are also pleased to share that Free Fire was once again the most downloaded mobile game in the world in 2020, according to FNE. This is the second year in a row that Free Fire was ranked first globally as we continue to grow the Free Fire user base worldwide and build even tighter bonds with global gamers. We believe that Free Fire is formally establishing itself as a strong global gaming franchise and platform. One of the key factors in Free Fire's sustained success is our commitment to keeping our game fresh and engaging. Gamers around the world increasingly recognize Garena's reputation for constantly enhancing the Free Fire experience with innovative content, partnerships, and esports activities. In the fourth quarter, for example, we announced a partnership between Free Fire and football legend Cristiano Ronaldo, marking one of the most significant tie-ups between the esports industry and the physical sports industry in recent times. In addition to new in-game items and the playable characters, we also introduced the two new game modes as part of the partnership with Cristiano Ronaldo. A limited time battle Royal Reason game mode and a team-based 1v1 duel mode. Our users love these new game modes as they provide a richer and more varied gaming experience by morphing different types of gameplay into the battle royale genre. Free Fire's huge and growing esports and streaming community is another key pillar of our user engagement strategy. We made significant progress in deepening engagement with our community in 2020, 
Despite the challenge of holding live events, three of the five top esports tournaments by peak concurrent viewers in 2020 were free fire tournaments, according to esports charts. In 2020, free fire was once again the top-ranked mobile-only video game and the top-ranked battle royale video game on YouTube in terms of views. It was also the third-ranked game overall on YouTube by view count. Free Fire-related content recorded over 72 billion view counts across YouTube globally over the course of the year. The game was also named the Esports Mobile Game of the Year at the Esports Awards 2020. These esports activities and online video content helped to drive up gamer engagement around the Free Fire franchise, while extending its reach to a wider group of communities as a spectator sport. While we continue to grow Free Fire into a long-lasting global franchise, we are also focused on building solid foundations for Garena's long-term growth. For example, in the fourth quarter, Phoenix Labs, our AAA gaming studio based in Vancouver, announced a further expansion, adding new offices in Montreal and Los Angeles, alongside its existing existing bases in Vancouver and Seattle. It also unveiled plans to build out teams in each of those cities to focus on new game development. We are confident that the expanded Phoenix Labs team will deliver great content in the years to come. As we move through 2021, Garena is building on the strong momentum of 2020 and strengthening our position as a global leader in the digital entertainment industry. We believe that our uniquely nuanced understanding of the tastes and the preferences of global games communities, and our proven ability to build lasting bonds of affinity with gamers in diverse markets around the world, will continue to drive growth and success for Garena in 2021 and beyond. Moving on to e-commerce. 2020 was an extraordinary year for Shopee. In a challenging environment, we adapted quickly to serve our communities and addressed the fast-evolving needs of our buyers and sellers. As a result, we have cemented Shopee's position as the favorite e-commerce platform for both buyers and sellers across Southeast Asia and Taiwan. We continued to record excellent results for the fourth quarter. Year-on-year growth for each of gross orders, GMV, and gap revenue further accelerated compared to the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Shopee recorded 1 billion gross orders, up 135% year-on-year, and a GMV of 11.9 billion dollars, an increase of 113% year-on-year. Gap revenue grew 178% year on year to 842.2 million dollars. Adjusted EBITDA loss per order decreased by 41% year on year to 41 cents during the quarter, reflecting the efficiencies we have reaped across 2020. Even as we continued to invest in growth, especially during the peak shopping season. For the full year of 2020, Shopee's gross orders totaled 2.8 billion, up 133% year-on-year. GMV was 35.4 billion dollars, an increase of 101% year-on-year. Gap revenue grew 160% year-on-year to achieve 2.2 billion dollars. In Indonesia, Shopee's largest market. We continue to grow our leadership position. We recorded more than 430 million orders in the fourth quarter. This translates into a daily average of around 4.7 million orders, up 128% year-on-year. According to FNE, Shopee continued to rank first in Indonesia by average monthly active users, total time spent in app on Android, and the download. 
in the shopping category in the fourth quarter and for the full year of 2020. We are also encouraged to see more sellers and brands around the region doing business on Shopee. For example, Shopee Mall, our dedicated space for leading brands, now features over 23,000 international and local brands. As our communities increasingly embrace e-commerce as their top retail toys, we believe Shopee's relentless focus on serving our users ensures that we continue to capture the largest share of the resulting growth. In both the fourth quarter and for the full year, Shopee was ranked number one in the shopping category across Southeast Asia and Taiwan by average monthly active users, total time spending app on Android and the downloads based on app any. In fact, Shopee was ranked the third most downloaded app in the shopping category globally for the full year, according to app any. The success of Shopee has also translated into stronger brand recognition across our communities. We see this in YouGov's recently published Best APEC Bus Rankings 2020, where Shopee was ranked first in Asia. Shopee was also the number eight ranked brand in YouGov's Best Global Brand 2020, representing one of the two e-commerce brands in the world's top 10 rankings. Our strong focus on serving our users will continue to drive lasting brand affinity across our region. In each of our markets, e-commerce adoption continues to grow at an accelerated pace, and we believe that as the go-to online shopping platform, Shopee will successfully capture and further drive these growth opportunities. Turning now to digital financial services. C-Money had a transformational year in 2020 as it successfully captured opportunities presented by both the acceleration of digitalization in our economy as a whole and the particularly strong growth of our e-commerce platform. As a result, it enjoyed rapid and efficient growth in the fourth quarter and the full year of 2020. For the fourth quarter, C-Money's mobile wallets recorded total payment volume of $2.9 billion, with quarterly paying users surpassing $23.2 million. This was partly driven by monthly paying users in Indonesia, which exceeded $10 million during the fourth quarter. Over the full year 2020, our mobile wallet total payment volume was $7.8 billion. Even as our mobile wallet Shopee Pay benefited from the strong growth of Shopee, it also meaningfully reduced the payment friction and improved the user experience on Shopee. This synergistic growth of both Shopee and Shopee Pay showcases the strength of our platforms in terms of adding value for our consumers. Off-platform online and offline use cases and the partnerships also grew in 2020 as we continued our initiatives to expand use cases and as we saw more natural adoption by users who appreciate accessibility and the convenience of our mobile world services. For example, we recently expanded our partnership with Google to offer our mobile wallet as a payment option for the Google Play Store in Indonesia, in addition to our existing partnership in Thailand. As we onboard more online and offline use cases, we are seeing that our users increasingly appreciate the ease and the convenience of using our mobile wallet services. We also see that Simonis merchant partners increasingly recognize the value of tapping into the vast and rapidly growing user, user bases of Shopee and C-Money. We are excited about opportunity ahead of us to serve a wider set of needs for both new and existing consumers and the businesses across our ecosystems. The rapid adoption of digital financial services in our region is expected to have a long-term growth prospect and we will continue to focus on delivering strong, efficient, and sustainable growth. Turning now to our guidance for 2021, 
We believe that we are well positioned to continue delivering value across our communities. For the full year of 2021, we currently expect bookings for digital entertainment to be between $4.3 billion and $4.5 billion, representing 38% year-on-year growth at the midpoint of the guidance. We also expect gap revenue for e-commerce to be between $4.5 billion and $4.7 billion, representing 112% year-on-year growth at the midpoint of the guidance. I'm also pleased to share that C has completed the acquisition of Composite Capital, a leading investment management firm founded and led by David Ma. I have known David for several years. In the past, he has been a long-term shareholder of C and shares our vision for the business and our passion to serve our communities through technology. David and his team have a demonstrated track record of thoughtful long-term investing with a deep understanding of industry trends and the businesses globally. I'm very excited to welcome David and the team at Composite Capital to the C family. Along with this acquisition, I'm proud to announce the formation of C Capital, a new platform to manage these investment efforts. David will serve as the Chief Investment Officer of C Capital and report directly to me. C Capital will focus on identifying, partnering with, and investing in technology companies that share our vision of bettering the lives of consumers and small businesses through technology. By investing into the growth of our broader ecosystem, we believe C Capital can help accelerate the growth of the overall digital economy and create real and lasting value for our users, business partners, and communities. In line with this commitment, we are allocating an initial $1 billion for C Capital to deploy in the coming years. We believe the addition of the composite team and the establishment of C Capital will further enhance our investment and capital allocation capabilities in support of these long-term growth strategies. I would also like to take this opportunity to welcome Dr. Yan Shui Cheng, who has joined the C family to build and lead CAI Labs as our group chief scientist. Dr. Yan is a leading expert in the field of artificial intelligence with a particular focus on computer vision, machine learning, and the multimedia analysis. He is an ACM Fellow and a Fellow of Academy of Engineering Singapore. CAI Labs intends to attract and collaborate with top talent in artificial intelligence with the goal of exploring and developing long-term insights and technologies related to our existing businesses and the new opportunities beyond. I believe that Dr. Yan and the CAI Labs will strengthen our capabilities in innovation and research, in line with our commitment to advancing technology to drive, to drive the development of the digital economy across our region. I'm very proud of the outstanding results our team achieved in 2020, and believe we are moving into 2021 primed for the exciting growth opportunity ahead of us. Across the business, we are focused on driving sustained and efficient growth as we scale towards becoming a top global internet company. We believe our single-minded goal of delivering value to our users will continue to drive our success. With that, I will invite Tony to discuss our financials. Thank you, Boris, and thanks to everyone for joining the call. We have included detailed financial schedules together with the corresponding management analysis in today's press release, and Boris has discussed some of our financial highlights. So I will focus my comments on the other relevant metrics. 
For C overall, total GAAP revenue increased 102% year-on-year to $1.6 billion in the fourth quarter and 101% year-on-year to $4.4 billion for the full year of 2020. This was mainly driven by tick rate growth in our e-commerce business as we continue to roll out tools to better serve our users' needs, as well as growth of our visual entertainment business, especially our self-developed game free fire. Digital entertainment booking grew 111% year-on-year to $1 billion in the fourth quarter and 80% year-on-year to $3.2 billion for the full year of 2020. Gap revenue was up 72% year-on-year to $693.4 million in the fourth quarter and 78% year-on-year to $2 billion for the full year of 2020. The growth was primarily driven by the increase of our active user base and deepened ping user penetration as we continue to engage the community through new content rollouts and esports events. Digital Entertainment Adjusted EBITDA was $663.5 million in the fourth quarter and $2 billion for the full year of 2020. This represents year-on-year growth of 149% and 94% for the quarter and the full year respectively. This was mainly due to strong top-line growth and an increased share of our self-developed gains among our total bookings. On e-commerce, our fourth quarter gap revenue of $842.2 million included gap marketplace revenue of $627.6 million, up 175% year-on-year, and gap product revenue of $214.6 million, up 187% year-on-year. For the full year of 2020, GAAP revenue of $2.2 billion included GAAP marketplace revenue of $1.6 billion, up 155% year-on-year, and GAAP product revenue of $0.6 billion, up 173% year-on-year. The strong results demonstrated the deepening penetration of e-commerce and our ability to capture these accelerated growth opportunities created by the rapid expansion of the digital economy. E-commerce adjusted EBITDA loss was $427.5 million in the fourth quarter and $1.3 billion for the full year of 2020 as we continued our investment to fully capture the opportunities in our markets. We remain committed to efficiently investing in and growing the ecosystem to serve our users better. Digital financial services gap revenue was $24.4 million in the fourth quarter and $60.8 million for the full year of 2020. Digital financial services adjusted EBITDA loss was $171.3 million in the fourth quarter and $511.1 million for the full year of 2020 as we continue our efforts to drive mobile wallet adoption. Returning to our consolidated numbers, we recognize a net non-operating loss of $124.5 million in the fourth quarter of 2020 compared to a net non-operating uh, loss of $15.2 million in the fourth quarter of 2019. Our non-operating loss in the fourth quarter of 2020 was primarily due to investment loss and interest expense on convertible notes. For the full year, our net non-operating loss was $179.9 million compared to loss of $477.4 million for the full year of 2019. Our non-operating loss for the full year of 2020 was primarily due to interest expense on convertible notes, while such loss in 2019 was primarily due to fair value loss of $472.9 million on our 2017 convertible notes. We had a net income tax expense of $44.2 million in the fourth quarter of 2020 and $141.6 million for the full year of 2020. This was primarily due to corporate income tax 
and withholding tax recognized in our digital entertainment business. As a result, net loss excluding share-based compensation and changes in fair value of the 2017 convertible notes was $430.7 million in the fourth quarter of 2020 and $1.3 billion for the full year of 2020. With that, let me turn the call to Yang Jun. Thank you, Fox and Tony. We're now ready to open the call for questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star, then one, on your touchdown phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. In the interest of time, we will take a maximum of two questions at a time from each caller. If you wish to ask any more questions, please request to join the question queue again after your first questions have been addressed. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. The first question today comes from Payesh Mubeya with Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you for taking my question, and congratulations on the numbers. Um, may I just ask about the guidance that you provided on the gaming side, and looking back at the, um, the growth that you've seen in the user number in 2020, could you extrapolate from that and give us a feel for what sort of user growth we can foresee in 2021 that's underpinning the growth in gaming revenues for 2021? Um, and related to that, if you could expand on the driver of the improvement in margins that we're observing on the gaming side, that would be great. And I'll go back to the queue. Thank you. Thank you, Piyush. Uh, in terms of the user growth, uh, we don't separate forecast that for 2021, but if you look at uh, our past performance, uh, so far our revenue growth uh, or bookings growth uh, for the digital entertainment uh, segment has been driven by both uh, user-based growth uh, as well as uh, pay user penetration deepening um, with a relatively stable average uh, revenue per uh, paying user. And that uh, speaks to the uh, strength of our uh, game, especially our self-developed game, Free Fire, uh, which has been a top-grossing game uh, in Southeast Asia and Latin for uh, multiple quarters uh, and has also become a top-grossing game in India um, uh, for 2020 as well as the fourth quarter of, uh, of 2020. Uh, I think that is a very positive trend we're observing. We will continue to grow our user base globally uh, for this game, and uh, we are also seeing very positive diversification of our revenue, uh, with Latin America now uh, com uh, contributing the uh, largest share of revenue. Uh, at the same time, we see other parts of the world, including India, uh, increasingly contribute significant portion of uh, booking to the digital entertainment um, segment. Uh, with this diversification, we're seeing Garena to become increasingly a global player uh, with revenue coming from all over the world and user base expanding to uh, the rest of the world rapidly. Uh, when we reached uh, last quarter, uh, for the third quarter, we reached more than 570 million uh, quarterly active users. Uh, we thought that was a very good number. Uh, and uh, then you see in fourth quarter, our active uh, user base has increased to uh, 600, more than 600 million uh, users. We're still continuing to see very positive uh, user growth across all our region. And that to us is, um, is a very positive sign for the longevity and longer-term commercialization of this game, as well as uh, return to our effort to build this game into a long-lasting IP, a strong platform, um, and uh, increasing an ecosystem of itself. In terms of the uh, improvement of uh, digital entertainment, uh, just the EBITDA margin, uh, we're seeing, uh, as we mentioned, uh, this is uh, mainly attributable uh, to uh, Free Fire uh, being our self-development game, uh, which doesn't require any revenue share uh, with uh, uh, any IP owner uh, or developer. And therefore, we continue to see our margin improvement uh, of course, uh, in the longer run, uh, we will uh, also see more diversification of uh, revenue, uh, both from self-developed as well as uh, third-party publishing sites. And we are also focusing on investing into our ecosystem um, in recruiting top talent 
in building our technology capabilities and in introducing uh, more IP, including IP collaborations with uh, partners um, across uh, different uh, uh, sites, whether it's on the gaming side as well as on the social or other entertainment front, uh, to further uh, improve our content offering to our user base. Uh, so that, uh, but in the longer run, we do expect to maintain a very healthy uh, adjusted EBITDA margin for our game business. I will continue to run it in a very efficient manner. The next question comes from Thomas Chung with Jefferies. Please go ahead. Hi, good evening. Uh, thanks, management, uh, for taking my questions and congratulations on a solid set of uh, guidance. Uh, on Shopee, uh, I would like to ask about um, our triple-digit uh, revenue growth. Uh, can management comments about the business trend um, across uh, different uh, regions, uh, Indonesia, Singapore, Taiwan, Malaysia, etc.? I uh, just want to get a sense about which countries are we seeing uh, faster growth uh, for this year. Um, and, uh, and my second question uh, is on the uh, digital uh, finance side. Uh, can management comments about our strategies uh, for this year, uh, in particular uh, whether uh, uh, we will step up our efforts uh, in the food delivery or other O2O initiatives? Uh, thank you. Thank you. In terms of the uh, business trends and uh, uh, revenue growth for uh, Shopee, uh, first of all, we're seeing very strong growth across the region. Um, and uh, in particular, our largest market in Indonesia, uh, which we disclosed, uh, continue accelerate growth. Um, so on GMV order, as well as take rate side, uh, we see even accelerated year-on-year growth rates, um, which speaks to volume, again, uh, to the strength of our market leadership and our platform growth, um, even as uh, most of the countries have uh, Open up, uh, uh, you know, the, the in a more of a uh, contained manner as the COVID situation is uh, increasingly being under um, uh, management. And uh, I think the uh, in terms of the the growth rates uh, across different markets, we don't specifically give the breakdown, um, but uh, usually we see very strong growth uh, in larger markets uh, where we already established um, very strong uh, market leader position as well as uh, highly accelerated growth uh, in some of the uh, markets that uh, uh, where we see very strong adoption during the COVID period. Um, for example, in the Philippines, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, we see very strong growth uh, as people embrace online solutions during the COVID period and Shopee becoming increasing the go-to platform for people's consumption needs. Uh, across various, uh, various segments. And that trend we're seeing going into 2021 as uh, showing our uh, guidance for uh, e-commerce uh, uh, again. Uh, and uh, you know, we're continuing to focus on driving efficient growth across our region and uh, uh, especially focus on uh, serving the new users as well as uh, the sellers being onboarded during this period of time and catering to the shift in lifestyle choices now accelerated by the COVID uh, and lockdown measures taken so far, uh, which could be, as we said before, we believe is going to have a long-lasting effect on digitalization of our economy uh, in the region. In terms of digital financial services, um, we see, again, very strong growth, um, uh, even though uh, we started integrating our uh, Shopee Pay and C-Money uh, wallet platform uh, with uh, Shopee uh, just at the beginning of uh, uh, last year. Uh, we already saw a very strong adoption as uh, demonstrated by our uh, pay user ratio, our pay user number, um, as well as TPV. Uh, growth and will continue to drive efficient growth uh, first to Shopee uh, user base and also continue to expand it to third-party uh, merchants. As we uh, mentioned, uh, we are expanding our partnership with Google uh, to Indonesia. We have also partnered with other offline 
uh, malls uh, and uh, uh, FMB chains uh, to continue to uh, make our uh, payment and wallet uh, offerings available to a broader user base. Again, this is uh, further accelerated by the fact that now people are increasingly look for, uh, looking for uh, alternative uh, contactless payment methods and uh, shifting their consumption online that requires a convenient infrastructure for online payments uh, in a region where credit card penetration remains uh, very low. And in terms of uh, food and other initiatives, uh, we see these as uh, uh, category on Shopee uh, that can offer additional value adding to our consumers. Uh, we will continue to observe uh, what is based on the consumer's natural consumption behavior in terms of uh, expansion into uh, new categories over time uh, with efficiency. The next question comes from Alicia Yap with Citigroup. Please go ahead. Hi. Um, good evening, management. Um, thanks for taking my questions. Congratulations on the strong results. Uh, my first question is related to Shopee. Um, there has been a lot of uh, news report uh, mentioned about Shopee making good progress in Brazil. So just wondering uh, if you could share with us your overall uh, e-commerce uh, thoughts or the strategies uh, for the Latin uh, America, um, specifically for Brazil. Um, and then if, you, if we can compare uh, between Latin and Southeast Asia, uh, what are some of the similarities and also the biggest difference uh, between the two regions? And if your visions uh, for this Brazil e-commerce initiative, what are the things that uh, or effort that you would need to uh, step up in order to achieve uh, your target in Brazil? And then very quickly on, on the gaming, uh, in terms of uh, your studio that you're setting up in um, Montreal and Los Angeles and all that, uh, is this more coming for um, potentially we are you know, planning to license more U.S. IP, or is it will come up from uh, our own IP uh, in terms of these uh, new games development? Thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Um, on the e-commerce front, um, as we mentioned, uh, Brazil is a uh, initiative by our cross-border team uh, to offer more uh, markets to our cross-border sellers, uh, given that we already have uh, established operations on the gaming side uh, in the market, um, so it's generally efficient for us to uh, offer additional value adding to our sellers. Um, on that front, we also uh, start to see uh, local sellers embarking on our platform, and it's well received. Uh, we think that, uh, uh, of course, it's positive sign. Um, however, it's still very preliminary for us, and we'll continue to observe uh, the market and let the team uh, run with it and see how that uh, progresses over time. Um, and uh, in terms of our, uh, you know, comparison between uh, Latin and Southeast Asia, uh, I think these are very uh, different markets, uh, and we wouldn't presume that we know uh, those markets uh, very well at this point. Uh, again. You know, given the early stage of the development there, uh, we will uh, let the team uh, explore a bit more and see how that goes. Um, and in terms of the Finnish Labs expansion, um, so these are, uh, uh, if you recall, we uh, acquired the Phoenix Labs and uh, as an acquire effort to bring in uh, top talent uh, based in uh, the you know uh, the West. And uh, who has uh, traditionally a long um, uh, history of experience of AAA uh, titles and also on PC and console-based games. Um, and the team has been expanding into other uh, locations uh, in the U.S. to uh, continue to uh, recruit more uh, gaming talent uh, for our long-term um, self-development capabilities. Uh, so at the same time, of course, uh, our partners in, in the U.S. Uh, as well as other parts uh, of the uh, developed market um, have been, uh, you know, always in close communications with them to see if there could be good uh, IT to be brought to our region. Uh, now uh, have been expanded 
uh, to not just Southeast Asia, but also to include Latin, uh, India, uh, Amina, and the rest part of the world. Uh, and uh, we have demonstrated our strong track record uh, in managing, uh, deepening uh, user base as well as commercialization uh, in a pretty much unprecedented, uh, massive way uh, in those regions uh, uh, for a sustained long period of time uh, with our own IP as well as uh, third-party IP incorporated in our um, self-developed game. Uh, so with that strong track record, we believe we're in a very good position uh, to both attract um, top talent from all over the world to our studios, um, those based in the U.S., Canada, or Asia, as well as to attract top um, IP globally and uh, in partnership with other developers. The next question comes from Pius Chowdhury with HSBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Good evening. Uh, congratulations, and thanks for taking my questions. Two questions. Um, firstly, on Shopee, take rate has been improving. Can you provide us some color on the ranking uh, of the countries in, in terms of the take rate, and which country has the highest potential of improvement in take rate in 2021? Secondly, on the logistic side, um, what are the average delivery times, and can you tell us high-level um, plans for Shopee Express? Um, uh, you know, are, are there kind of targets for uh, managing uh, you know percentage of orders uh, through Shopee Express in one year? Any color over there will be helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we don't uh, give uh, the take rate breakdown, but suffice to say that uh, the take rate increase has been. Uh, across different countries over time. Uh, we do it uh, in a good pace and by uh, communication, well communication with the market and also uh, making sure we understand uh, the performances and needs of our sellers and buyers as well. Uh, most importantly, the increase in the take rate uh, is driven by uh, advertisements uh, as well as transaction-based fees uh, across different markets. Uh, so I think that there could be fluctuations also from time uh, from period to period. It is a dynamic uh, process. We always look at uh, uh, the the condition, uh, the time period, uh, as well as the performances of our ecosystem to decide uh, how best to uh, manage the take rate over time. Uh, but suffice to say that uh, we think in the longer run. Uh, on a blended level, we still believe uh, it's, uh, it can still move to an even higher rate uh, at an even uh, high single and low double-digit range. And I think we're uh, quite on target of getting there over time. Um, and in terms of uh, logistics, our average delivery time uh, is around probably a couple of days, uh, depending on, of course, uh, you know what part of the region you're talking about uh, in the city, it can be less than a day. Um, but of course, in some uh, foul places, uh, that it can be you know, a longer period of time. Um, but so far, we don't see that as a, a bottleneck uh, for our e-commerce uh, business growth. Uh, of course, during the COVID period, uh, with the, uh, the travel constraints, as well as uh, the demands, uh, increased demands from uh, all over the uh, different parts of the region, uh, we uh, we are quickly ramping up uh, logistics capabilities in partnership with our third-party logistics uh, providers, uh, as well as uh, by uh, increasing our own uh, capacity uh, in last-mile express delivery um, to supplement the 3 3PL uh, capacity uh, during the peak time. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor um, the, uh, the logistics demand uh, as well as the service levels of our 3PL and help them uh, further grow uh, in their efficiency and capabilities in serving our users, uh, at the same time ramping up our own capabilities uh, uh, as needed, uh, but in a very efficient manner. The next question comes from Rajan Sharma with JP Morgan Singapore. Please go ahead. 
Hi, uh, thank you for the presentation and, and congratulations on the results. Um, two questions from my side. Firstly, on the gaming guidance, uh, do new games uh, make up any part of this guidance? And, and if you can share what your new game pipeline might be for this year. Uh, secondly, we have seen uh, C expanding into new geographies and within ASEAN into new services. Uh, how should we think about your sales and marketing budget and how are you allocating it uh, to, to the different services. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in terms of the uh, the game uh, guidance, uh, we are budgeting it based on uh, whatever is currently visible to us, uh, as always. Uh, we don't specifically discuss pipelines, but uh, as, uh, as we all know, uh, we've always been testing uh, prototypes, ideas, um, and even uh, more advanced uh, games uh, at any time, at any point of time, uh, and so we continue to also diversify our pipeline genres and capabilities uh, across different types of games. Um, so the the revenue uh, guidance or booking guidance is based on our reasonable estimates uh, uh, for 2021, uh, based on whatever is uh, currently visible to us. Um, and uh, in terms of the uh, allocation of the sales marketing, are you referring to digital entertainment segments also? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can. Uh, so for e-commerce uh, sales marketing expense, um, as you can see, we continue to improve on our efficiency. Uh, and our allocation on um, sales marketing is a, uh, again, a dynamic, dynamic process uh, based on the time of the year. Uh, and uh, what we think is the uh, development pace and pace of growth uh, for the market uh, and efficiency of investment in the market, as well as any um, uh, opportunistic uh, uh, media events, for example. Um, so these are a combination of factors we look at uh, in allocating sales and marketing. But the gist of it is we continue to focus on efficient growth uh, to make sure that every dollar we spend there um, is driving uh, effective user growth and uh, strong use with strong user retention and also increasing user frequency. Uh, for example, uh, we during Q4, uh, during the peak um, uh, sales period, uh, this is a very strong shopping period, and we have a lot of uh, shopping activities as well as media activities across different markets, uh, and these have shown very strong results, as you can see. Um, and uh, more importantly, we're driving up uh, not just user time spent, but also uh, user frequency on our app. Uh, we now see uh, more than 5.7 times uh, uh, purchase frequency, order frequency per month. Um, and that's another step up from the last quarter's uh, Q3 uh, uh, number. Uh, so that is a very a good uh, uh, testament to the strength of our platform and efficiency of our, uh, our investment into sales marketing. The next question comes from John Blackledge with Cohen. Please go ahead. Uh, great. Uh, thank you. Uh, on Shopee's EBITDA, any thoughts on EBITDA trend in 2021? Uh, would you expect losses to be higher um, than in 2020? And more broadly, is there a certain kind of overall take rate range uh, we should think about um, that would lead to flat or positive EBITDA at Shopee? And then um, also on Shopee, uh, so the, the 4Q20 overall market place take rate was 5.3% in 4Q versus 5.9% in 3Q. So any color on the modest Q over Q uh, decline in the take rate? Thank you. Uh, in terms of the EBITDA trends, uh, we don't provide uh, guidance or forecast on EBITDA. Um, I, I think the, uh, maybe the previous uh, question also, my answer to the previous question touched upon that is, uh, A, we look at efficiency of investment, and B, we look at each market and timing uh, based on the, what's the natural pace of growth and how we can uh, invest in that growth with, with efficiency. Um, and three, there could be opportunistic events that could drive 
uh, EBITDA fluctuations over a period of time. But most importantly, I think um, uh, suffice to say is that we uh, can break even if we choose to uh, at, at this point, um, even at this uh, take rate. Uh, and our Taiwan take rate is not, for example, that's the first market uh, where we uh, broke even, and we have achieved a very healthy uh, EBITDA margin there, as we previously disclosed before. Um, and the take rate in Taiwan is not uh, highest, even among our existing market. Um, so it's not uh, to say that uh, you know we have to drive to a very high take rate uh, to be able to break even. Um, our investment in growth is really uh, by choice, and, uh, and according to the pace that we think is suitable for each market. So we're in a very good position right now where our destiny is in our own hands, and we can control the pace of investment and allocation of each market in a highly dynamic and elastic way uh, to drive uh, efficient growth. In terms of the take rate, uh, our take rate has actually increased uh, quarter on quarter. Uh, it didn't decline. Um, uh, happy to elaborate further um, offline, but uh, uh, if you look at our past disclosure, there's an increase in the take rate, quote unquote. The next question will, be, will come from Varun Ajuje with Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, good evening, everyone, and thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I've got two questions. First, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on CD Capital? Uh, what are the objectives uh, on that business? Uh, is it you're looking more like a soft bank kind of an investment wherein you turn up me kind of a thing? And what kind of returns, time horizon, any more color uh, will be helpful given uh, there are so many uh, investments that you're looking into, into business also. That's one. And uh, uh, number two, uh, there have been during the last few months report about you acquiring a bank in Indonesia. If you can provide more color on that, that would be helpful. Thank you. Um, in terms of seed capital, uh, as we shared earlier, that uh, uh, we are very happy to uh, have the composite team led by David Ma uh, to join us to further strengthen our investment and capital allocation capabilities. Uh, we think it's uh, very important uh, for a, a global internet uh, company uh, to to have that capabilities um, uh, in the longer run, and we will continue to build on our uh, talent pool as well as our pipeline uh, to further strengthen that. Um, we don't have a you know specific KPI in terms of a return rate in particular uh, uh, for uh, as if it's a, a, a fund. Um, I think our overall way uh, view towards that is still it is an integral part of this growth story, and uh, whatever we do on the investment side is to uh, further strengthen our growth capabilities uh, in the long run, and uh, to further strengthen our ecosystem, um, as well as to uh, further our mission and vision. Uh, to uh, grow, to use technology to serve our users, our communities, um, as well as uh, ecosystem participants uh, in our core region. So I think this is uh, uh, not a, uh, any departure from our existing uh, course of trying to grow the business in the long run and maximizing uh, return to our shareholder uh, for the long run. In terms of the Indonesia uh, bank, uh, uh, we have uh, uh, gotten a bank license in Indonesia as well, um, and uh, we see this as an integral part of our sea money uh, uh, segment where we continue to build out the infrastructure for digital payment as well as digital financial services. Uh, we'll continue to focus on the technology spot. Uh, of our business as, uh, as a uh, you know uh, as part of our core DNA, but at the same time our focus is to use the technologies um, that we have and our internet DNA uh, to see how best to uh, further strengthen the digital economy infrastructure 
uh, in our region, uh, which we are part of. And uh, at the same time, we believe there are significant opportunities in the long run uh, that could even exceed the size of our current uh, opportunities that we're looking at uh, in that segment. So we're very we're going to adopt a very long run view towards that and look at DFS as a highly comprehensive segment and each part as integral part of our long term uh, venture into DFS. This concludes our question and answer session. I would now like to turn the conference back over to Minju Song for any closing remarks. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's call. We look forward to speaking to you all again next quarter. Thank you. This conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now visit.